You're listening to Paco Radio, brought to you by Senol on FNR, Football Nation Radio. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Paco Radio in Season 2022. My name is Nick Devano, and I'm joined here today by the President, Lou Toner, and we've also got the Senior Head Coach, Alex Kobo. Welcome to the program, guys. It's great to be back for Season 2022, obviously, Last year, we weren't able to get through a full season due to the season shutdown, but it's it's great to be back, even though we're a little bit into the season now. Yeah, Thanks for having, having us, Nick. And I'd also like to just, before we get cracking, to uh, make a special mention to Senol, um, one of our greatest ever sponsors, just a, an amazing human being, first of all, Rustu himself, and and the um, an organisation and, and a person that, not only sponsors our club, but has done some unbelievable work for the community. So from that perspective, I just want to say thank you to Senol and all our sponsors at the club, but in particular, Senol for sponsoring this show. Otherwise, it's not possible without people like him. So, um, Rooster, if you're listening out there, thank you very much, mate. And um, I think the whole football community and also I know personally myself that, you know, you also help a lot of disadvantaged communities and um, an amazing person. No, absolutely. Obviously, this show is brought to you by Senolt. So, you know, let's get into it, guys. Yeah. It's been a while since we've last spoken, Lou. I mean, yep. last time you came on, you came on the first ever episode yes. of Paco Radio, and that was probably back in June. So it's been about a year now. I guess give us a bit of an update as to where Pasco Vale is at, because um, it's been two disrupted years. I mean, 2020, no football. 2021, we got in maybe about a handful of games. This year, it's looking like we're going to finally get through a full season. Yeah. How are things, I guess, from a club level from top to bottom right yeah. now? I think, look, I don't think we're different to any other club in Victoria. It's been a taxing um, couple of years, you know. Um, for us, the last time we finished a full season, we had been been relegated. Um, so that still burns in my personal memory um, a hell of a lot. But, um, yeah, it's the last couple of years it has been taxing, but we've actually achieved some... Some really good things at the club, you know, and I think we spoke about it last time about the, you know, renovating the club and the real community that got behind that. You know, we had a battle with Hoskin Reserve, which is our, our spiritual home, our, our uh, training venue, our junior match day venues, um, where uh, we had a battle with, with, with the community and council and, and what have you. And uh, we ended up coming to a good resolution. I think council's, you know, we've landed at a good spot where everybody's sort of happy. Um, so I'm very pleased to announce that, you know, it's all gone. I don't think it's going to come back into the chamber at council. I think the, the politics of all of it's been taken out. Um, everyone sort of seems to be happy with the outcomes that we've we've received. Um, however, um, what we're pretty excited about is that the draft budget has come out um, at council. So what happens is that a draft budget comes out and um, funding over the next four four year cycle at council is 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 displayed and it's gone out for community consultation and in that draft budget for 2022 23 um and 23 24 the Hoskin Reserve master plan is very very heavily featured in that in that budget so from what we understand at that reserve there's going to be between 6 to 7 million dollars um, spent on that reserve and a considerable amount of that is is for the football club um so um the exciting things for that is that we're going to have two brand new pitches at Hoskin. So at the moment there is a pitch there, but it's it's really it's really getting it's getting old a bit. So it's all going to be 
done refreshing up with a with a hybrid surface. Um, the hybrid surface is a is a high level surface that they use where it's all grass, and then they they sew in some 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 fiber, some synthetic fibers in there. Namely, use that Amy Park and what have you. And then the outside field is also going to be upgraded with the turf grading to be able to cope with thirty to forty weeks, because in in the whole consultation process and and the council um, resolution, a little sixty by fifty field that we have on the outside. We'll, we'll, we'll go to the residents, um, we'll go to the community, be able to walk their dogs or do whatever we need to do there. However, with that, down the road, we've got another facility called Richard Reserve, which has had an upgraded two new change rooms and, and, and a club room that we can use and a kiosk and we've got good lights there. And that ground is, is also going to be upgraded to a brand new ground. So we're going to have for our training, for our kids, for our, our mini roos and and our, our junior kids and our senior training sessions, we're going to be able to have. We're going to have a ground that's going to have three brand new high level fields. Um, in addition to that, is going to we you know we're trying to get some spectator terracing at at um, Hoskin, which super excites us so that our senior women um, can run out in front of their family and friends and and you know and watch a game from some seating covered seating and also you know for our juniors to be able to come and feel like they're playing in a really really great environment. So some exciting things have happened. Our mini roos are growing this year. So we've gone from, from from I think seventeen teams to about twenty one teams. We've got five five female teams. So we're in a really good space, you know. But it has been a tough couple of years. But in this game, you know, you have to keep working, and that's what we did as a club. And we believe we're coming out of this COVID situation in a pretty good spot. No, absolutely. And I mean, as well, talking a little bit about. The senior men as well, obviously there. The team mentioned relegated last season. Alex, you've come in this season, new senior head coach. It's been a good start to the season. It's been a tough fortnight. We are talking about it before with the rain washout, the loss on the weekend. I guess take us through the past fortnight and where, and really the season as a whole. I mean, like, how do you see you guys as, you know, how do you see you guys being shaped up over these first few couple of months? Well, first of all, um, hello, Nick and, and everyone for uh, for the invitation. Um well, you know, for us as, as a club, um, we um, we pride ourselves to be a club with some very important principles of hardworking people, um, being uh, quite consistent with um, family orientated. You know, and I think we want to run every single team, and especially leading from the top with the senior team, being capable of displaying those those values week in, week out. And that to us is a number one priority. Um, from from day one, when I came on board, um, Lou and the committee were very um, specific. Um, they highlight, they stressed the importance of having those values within the playing squad. Um, we, um, I consider myself and align myself with those values. And I think we've been working really hard through pre-season, okay, to uh, build a competitive squad with players that, um, you know, they carry on the same values that we do have as a club. And I think so far um, during the season, we obviously the competition is, is quite is quite high, it's quite competitive, you know. Uh, we believe that we um, have been, you know, competitive. We, we never give up. Pascovio is a club that um, is always united regardless of the result. We we always want to be up there. We always want to challenge any opposition at any field. And, um, you know, in football, uh, results are a part of it. The opposition also have quality players. They're also prepared. They're also trying. And, and sometimes, you know, uh, 
they 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 show what they can do, you know, and and that's the beautiful uh, that's the beautiful part of the of the of the competition that um, you know is is two honest uh, teams trying to to get the three points, and you know for us is is important that we display our values as a club every single match, and I think so far that's what we have done. No, absolutely. And I mean, the results have been reflective of that. You're right in the mix for promotion in the early stages of this season. Um, we'll, we'll focus on last weekend. Obviously, you know, for those are listening at home, a, a tough loss on the weekend against North Geelong Warriors, a fellow promotion fancy, to, to say the least. I guess, what were some of the things that you took out of that game on the weekend? Well, definitely um, North Geelong, uh, they did uh, had a, you know, they very clear game plan. You know, we... We went out there to to propose to impose our football. Um, it was a, a bit of a bit of rain, the rain, heavy pitch, you know. They, all those little things um, make um, the game extra difficult for what we want to do. You know, we want to be a, a playing side that that plays a, an attractive brand of football. Um, that's something that you know um, we're still in in a, in a stage where we want to look. We want to work for that consistency week in, week out, okay? And uh, um, oh, Gillon, Gillon is, uh, they have a good side, good players as well. You know, they've been uh, in a great form. So it was a great contest, you know, and um, they, obviously, they, they score uh, two goals, um, set pieces, you know, and, and, and they took the points. And at the end of the day, you know, um, it, it is important for us to to understand the areas that we can improve, you know, um, that we need to be a bit more clinical, that we need to have a little bit more, um, you know, different uh, options going forward. And uh, obviously, you know, uh, be a bit more, I guess, more concentrated um, in our set pieces, you know, because I, I thought it was a big, um, it just unbalanced the game uh, when we considered the first goal, you know. Uh, but yeah, that's something that we addressed as a, as a coaching staff and the playing group, and we discussed it um, at training. And I think we, we all of us agreed that that's something that we can improve, you know, and, and, and that we definitely have the quality and the experience to deal with that. And, I mean, this past fortnight hasn't been an easy fortnight. You had the game washed out last Friday with torrential rain mm-hmm. and Lou as well. So you guys being the home team as well, yeah. it doesn't really help. You know, you've got to have now that game moved yeah. to, I don't know if that's going to be a midweek game. You guys might yeah, be able to... We're working, to through that. That. Yeah. we're working through that at the moment. The FFV's come back with some dates. Um, obviously, with CB Smith is a shared facility. Um, so in this situation, it's not where uh, you can just pick a day and, and play it. So we have to go through a process with the management plan mm. and work at a situation. Hoskin Reserve is probably not up to it at the moment. So we're just working through those dates at the moment and we should have an answer hopefully by tomorrow as to when we'll be playing at the catch-up game. But I think Football Victoria wants that game to be played within the next fortnight. Fantastic. Next, uh, yeah, two to it, it is. I think yeah. it is good because you know, last year we learnt through Football Victoria with delayed games and – We'll play the catch-up games, what have you, and then the season never kicked off, you know, mm. and then there was never an opportunity to even call the season. And, and uh, us last year, we were, you know, five points uh, clear of third, you know, and um, Evan Alex who was at Brunswick last year, and, and they were eight points clear of third with the game in hand. So, you know, if the, if the whole first 11 rounds have been played, and I think that was echoed a lot when the Football Victoria did their review on how, you know, we will manage through a COVID season before, uh, in the future, should that happen or, you know, a shut season. So I think they've got a real appetite to finish games 
um, nice and early and get them done as quick as possible. So from that perspective, it's quite good. It's obviously challenging for us because we throw another game that we weren't sort of expecting. It was disappointing that the game got washed out. You know, um, there was a lot of a lot of rain. We were ready. We were ready up for it. You know, we planned. We prepared for it. You know, you got to pay the referees. Mm. You know, you got to do all <laughs> those things to play a game. It's washed out, but that's life. We just, you know, like Alex said, you know, we've got values that we're really we've had at the club for, for forever. Um, and you know, I think sometimes during COVID, you sort of um, what's happened is there's sometimes can be a bit of a disconnect. Yeah. With with some things, so um, we're really concentrating on trying to be a club that doesn't complain about the referees, that doesn't yep. complain about the moments of. You know, obviously we're a passionate bunch, and sometimes internally we, you know, yeah. we might have a conversation about something. But of course. you know, we don't want to complain about the referees. We don't want to have a situation where you know we worry about we're being washed out. Okay, we've got to get we've got to get on with it. So that's what we really want to become as a club, and we're really trying very hard to to push that through our whole our whole community at the club. Um, so whatever comes our way comes our way. We have to deal with it. Yeah, and I guess just for you and speaking on behalf of the board and the committee, yeah. how have you seen this early part of the season for not just the men's, but in terms of this whole the whole club over these past yeah, few months? Yeah, it's been great. Look, the men's the men's has been, uh, you know, I'll say this to Alex. You know, the, yeah. you know, the men's has been, and I've told him this a lot of times. Men's has been quite quite good. You know, we we you know we lost our head coach last year. You know, at the end of the year, obviously gone up to another level. Uh, we lost, you know, seven players that you know all wanted to further their careers at NPL one. You know, we had a great young footballer, Nick Hatsy, who decided to stay with us and he did his knee, you know, in the pre-season. He was an integral part of the way we mm. play football and the way we want to go forward as a club and the character of our club and, you know, and then, you know, it got a bit hairy there for a while. You know, you have to go and replace eight, nine players and, and, and you can ask any club, um, you can ask any club uh, this year that it's very difficult to find players. It was like, just like you can't find people to work these days. Mm. It was the same with players. So it was a very difficult situation. So we've had a really, really good start to the season. You know, we've played some entertaining games. We can, you know, we, we've really had some good games. It's been, it's been, it's been quite good. You know, our under 21s are, you know, they're always solid. So I think we're, we're back in that situation with them. You know, we're under 18s, our junior NPL um, probably took a little bit of a hit this year. Um, and it happens in NPL, but we've been so dominant for mm. so long. Um, so we're not, we're not, uh, we've definitely got a plan that we're working on at the moment in the background to fix, to, to, not to fix that, it doesn't need to be fixed. I mean, we've got two teams in NPL, one out of the four, you know. So uh, we, we, you know, we're looking, we always want to be strong in that yep. level, our junior program. And what we're really excited about um, at the club is our mini roos community. Yep. You know, that's something I, I, I keep saying, but I'm very, very excited about that. We've got some really unbelievable um, people that are, are, have come, and that is a part that it's always been there. The mini roos has always been there. We've always had the numbers, you know, and we've always tried our best. But I think we've just hit that sweet spot with it. Yeah, and that that's a really exciting part. So that for us excites us because that means that the future of our club. Is starting to, you know, is there, you know, because what what we did ten years ago, we're reaping the rewards now, mm. you know. So hopefully, what we're going to do now, we'll be reaping the rewards for another ten years. Yeah. So that's that's how that's how we look at it. Yeah, absolutely, solid foundations all the way through from mini roos all the way to the senior sides. That's the most important thing, exactly. Right? Yeah. You know that facility upgrades, great match day venue, you know. And we see ourselves, and Alex knows this. Uh, we all know this. It doesn't it doesn't guarantee you any success. Yeah. We understand it. We've been around the game for a long time. But we see ourselves as an NPL one club. Yeah, we were there for nine nine years, whatever it was. Um, we're very competitive. 
Um, and that's how we see ourselves and mm. that's how we operate. And I think Alex can testify to that as, you know, from a senior coach, we try to do everything possible to make the players as, as comfortable. Little things like a lot of clubs I'm sure are doing. Yes. But uh, little things like, you know, the players turn up, you know, the training gear is washed. You know, so, you know, they come up and they, they can come up like rock stars with their microphones, their, <laughs> their earphones on and, and, you know, come to training and not worried about, you yeah. know, those little things we're really concentrating on. Look, I'm sure I've spoken, I've got a lot of friends, we've got a lot of friends in clubs that, that are doing the same thing. But those are the standards that we want to happen through our whole club, you know, and, and and that's always a difficult thing to do when you're all volunteers. Yeah. But, yeah, we're quite happy with, with where the club's going at the moment, yeah. No, absolutely. Alex, we'll get into all, sort of your coaching journey and playing journey a little bit later on. But when the opportunity came up to coach Pasco Vale at the start of this year or end of last year around that stage David left, what was it that attracted you the most about coming to Pasco Vale? Because you were at Brunswick City, obviously, a team that was right in the promotion mix and at the point was looking odds-on to be playing NPL 1 football next season. Well, uh, <clears throat> um, definitely um, last season was was a great season with, with Brunswick, mm. you know, and, uh, uh, you know, in, in my opinion, Brunswick and Pasco Vale were probably the most consistent teams um, in, in the league. And um, if, this, if the season would have gone ahead, um, probably the two teams would have been promoted at this stage in MPO1. Um, look, I mean, to be honest, um, for me, I consider myself an, an ambitious coach, you know. I understand that anything in life takes time and be patient. And I'm preparing myself. I've prepared myself uh, for the last five years working with different coaches at MPL one level. Um, we got Losanovsky, Dominic Baba, Northcote Bolin, Atona Magic. Um, I was part of the Melbourne Victory setup. I worked for the state team as well with the under-15, under-16 teams or TIDC programs, you know. Um and obviously with Ricardo Martinez at, at Brunswick, you know. So I thought for me that was that was the right time to look for those opportunities, you know. Um, uh, Chiki um, and I, we're very good friends. And um, obviously I have so much respect for, for him and the club as well. Um, and then when the situation where he, you know, he got this job at, at uh, and, Thund, and the position became available for me, he... It felt right to apply for the for the job, you know. Um, I felt like Pascovel is a club that um, I follow closely in in um, the last couple of years. You know, uh, when Vitali was there and, and and a lot of players that I used to come and watch. You know, so it's um, it's, it's a club that um, from the outside you look and you feel like um, it's a it's a great club. Okay, and um, and for me. Um, the possibility of working at Pascoville was was fantastic. You know, um, I thought, you know, you know what, I feel like I'm ready for it, and um, I'm gonna apply, and I'm gonna see if if the vision that I have and what the club wants to do can be, we, we can work and we can align that ourselves, and and to have a very successful uh, senior team. And when when you know Lou and the committee, uh, we had the opportunity to to have a chat and and really, um, you know, put together the, the plan and what the expectations were. You know, I thought for me it was it was very easy, the decision, you know, coming to Pascovel. I, I thought if there was any club that probably I would have loved to go, it was, it was Paco, for sure. No, absolutely, absolutely. And, you know, I'll add to that to, to Alex, just, you know, well, when we, when we did, Chicky mm. did leave, um, there's some things, and this is not, this is what we like, that the team, yeah. you know, 
it was young, it was ambitious, you know, we had modern philosophies. And and when we were looking for someone like that, that's who we were looking yep. for. Now that's we're not here trying to sound wanky, like that's what we're trying to yep. you know, we, that's just that's just what we wanted the journey we wanted to continue on. And Alex ticked a lot of those boxes, you know, and he does have the good the good club values that we hold so dear, um, that we really want everybody to at the club to start to start, you know, really being involved in. Yep. So that was a very important thing for us, you know, and and you know, and we, as a club, as a club, um, I will say this: we've we've got we've taken. Um, uh, I'm not going to say that, but putting young coaches on hasn't been hasn't been difficult mm. for us. I mean, we've done it a few times. Ever with Vitale, he was one yep. of our most successful coaches ever. He, he started coaching our our team when you know he was 38 years old. You know, 37, 38 years old. That, Alex, how old are you? 36? 37. 30, 30, 37, getting old. And then, uh, you know, and Chicky was the same. And, yep. you know, we had David Clarkson and <clears throat> even Luce Trani wasn't old when we had him as a coach. So we, you know, they're, that's, they're the type of coaches we like. And Alex fitted, ticked all those boxes. When you were looking at your strategy of building this squad, you mentioned you lost a lot of players in the offseason and you lost Nick as well early in the year with an injury. What sort of players, like profiles, were you looking at that point? But also, how hard is it? to go out and find those sort of players that fit that mould as well for the style of, of football you want to play? Well, Nick, I'll tell you that is, is absolutely uh, difficult to do because we're only, not only looking for good players, but players with, with values that we believe they will fit into uh, our football culture. You know, um, We believe that that's a key component of the success of Pascovel and um, the, the history of the club says says that and, and we we need to acknowledge that and we um, that's that's the that's a big part when we recruit players now um, there, there are two kind of players that we believe they are good for us in terms of football so we want to attract players with high projection okay um, those we want to attract players that they are that we see that with few years of our proper football program that can develop into uh, senior, senior MPO1 players, okay? Uh, so that's one category. The second one, players in the top of the game, okay? We understand that in order for us to have a competitive and consistent uh, team week in, week out, we need to mix that uh, youth with experience, with players who have been there, have done that, you know? They know how to handle the moments of the games and and I think we um, you know I'm very pleased I'm very happy with the squad we have you know I think we haven't reached the yet the potential or how good uh, the team can become uh, but we're working really hard every week every week every session you know and uh, and at, at, uh, and also I guess one of the hardest things is to is to convert good players into a good team it's, it's very difficult um, we are spending time as well off the pitch. You know, the club is very supportive as well in the sense of um, contributing to activities, you know, um, anything that we propose uh, to to increase the cohesion of the team. Uh, the club has been, is, is been ready for, ready to support us. And, and, and we can see that on the pitch, you know, and uh, I think um, the best version of Pascovel is, is yet to come. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. Well, guys, look, we'll take a quick break here yep. on uh, Packer Radio. We'll come back with more. Um, curious to find a bit more about yourself, Alex, a bit about your, I guess, coaching, coaching playing career, a bit about what got you into football and all that sort of stuff. And Lou, we'll keep you around as well. We'll throw some questions. Obviously, it's a big weekend coming up for you guys um, at many different levels, big games coming up. So 
We'll get all, all we'll get onto all that on the other side of this here on Paco Radio, brought to you by Senol. You're listening to Paco Radio, brought to you by Senol on FNR Football Nation Radio. Welcome back to Paco Radio here on FNR Football Nation Radio, brought to you by Senol. Nick Devano in the studio today with club president Lou Tona and senior head coach Alex Cobo. Before the break, we spoke a little bit about the season to date, everything that's going on with the senior team and all the way down through to Mini Roos. Some really exciting stuff happening at, at Pasco Vale. Lou, is there anything else you want to sort of touch on, anything you want to sort of talk about in terms of Pasco Vale at the moment? How, anything you want to plug, anything that's sort of coming up? Yeah, no, at the moment, like I said, we're just really, really in an anticipation for the, the council budget to be yeah. adopted by council um, in, in June. Um, we don't believe there should be any reason why it shouldn't be. Yeah. Because that for us is a, is the is the the big kahuna, the Taj, yeah. the Taj Mahal. Not because we want to, but it's the club's waited for it. It's been a 12, 12 year process to get yeah. to this point. This is the second master plan that we've had to fight for and had to had to go. You know, obviously, as you very well know, in Moreland, you know, land is 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 rare. It's a scarcity. Mm. You know, so you know. Residents and people. I live in more than myself, you know, and we all want to go for a walk in the park. I mean, if you're looking at me, you don't think I walk at all, but uh, <laughs> you don't have to laugh, Nick. <laughs> but um, so it's it's really it's really um, scarce. So it's not about a land grab yeah. or anything like that. But that's going to help us set up the future, you know. And that's where that's where we're at. But like I said, I'm I'm super excited about a couple of other things. I'm excited about our our, our committee board. Yep. Um, we've got you know fifty percent of it are ladies, uh, uh, women. Um, so that's a very very exciting thing. Our senior girls are starting. You know they've had a t- tough couple of years, but they're starting to become a lot more competitive. We put on a new coach there. The girls are really engaged in that program too. Um, so we've got some really positive things. I'm yep. excited about you know what. What Alex and his team are doing at the club, um, you know, um, they're really working extremely hard. They they, they really give it a hundred percent week in week out. So we've got some really exciting things. I'm excited about our twenty ones and our under eighteens um, at the moment. The setup we've got there, we've got two coaches fundamentally running two teams, making it into one team. So what that's sort of doing for us is that's increasing our talent pool. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So we've got – I don't know what year it is, 08. I don't know how people talk there. When yeah. they talk about football, they, I always call them under-18s and 20s, but they, you know, 04 players, 05 players, I'm not sure what which players they are. But um, for us, that's an exciting thing yeah. we're really increasing that talent pool. At the moment, the way I look at it, myself and the club looks at it, that we've got, you know, between the two teams, we've got 30 kids that can play – for example, uh, under 21s and, you know, 25 of them can play under 18s yeah. and they're very competitive. So some really, you know, some really good things. That was a, a new program we introduced this year where the under 21 coach really worked exactly in tandem with the under 18 coach and they've got a great relationship. So that that was that's pretty exciting. So we've got all those things are, awesome. are, are very good. Well, Alex, let's get into a bit of – we did this last year, sort of a bit of our running segment whenever we had – guests on we sort of spoke about I guess their their life in football a bit how it all started and what got them into football and their career as well in it so we'll go back to the start for you what got you into football when you were a kid was there a specific moment you remember that sort of drew you into the game when you were when you were a lot younger oh sorry it's a great question I guess um there was probably a friend of mine um a bit older than me probably four or five years older and 
one day he just called me and he said, you know, I'm gonna train you from now. I'm gonna train you from now on. And I was like, what do you mean? You know, he was he was obviously the best player. Um, you know, we're in the in the complex of um, where I used to live. And he is he, one night he said, you want to start, you know, training you. And then from that moment he's like, I became his student. You know, and um, I think he sparked that that um, you know that feeling of of loving football, you know, and and um, he used to always pick me for, for his teams, you know. Um, you know, he was always, oh, you know, let's go and play, let's do this, let's, you know. He, he he drove me a lot into into the game, you know, and um, and I think um, I think that's probably the, one of the person that I feel like, um, yeah, initiated that, that part of, that passion that I have for, uh, from, for the game. Were there any sort of players or teams that you idolized growing up? Like, was there a specific player that you tried to model yourself on or you saw on TV and you were like, that's the player I'd love to be like? What Maradona. I used to um, I, I used to enjoy Juan Sebastián Verón from yep. Argentina. You know, he was a midfielder. I was a midfielder. The way he was playing, you know, he's, um, he was like uh, probably a number eight, if we put it that way. He was creative, but still tough. Um, you know, good defensive. In defensively, he was great with set pieces. So I guess I, I would say that would probably have a lot of similarities than um, than Juan Sebastián Verón. Uh, obviously, you know. Uh, um, but yeah, probably a player that you know always uh, enjoy watching was was him for sure. Yeah. So, was there a team that you grew up supporting? Like, you know, when when you were growing up, was there one team that you know you used to go to the games and watch? You know, who? Ah, yeah. yeah. Well, that's that's definitely has to be uh, Deportivo Cali. It yeah. is one of the um, teams from my city, which is Cali in Colombia. You know, um, I think that comes from from a family. You know, my dad, my mom, they both support Deportivo Cali, and 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 I grew up, you know, with the with the green and white at home. You know, always. Supporting supporting that that, that club and, and until now we um, we always have the membership you know of, of the club you know and uh, it's probably there is a team that I support you know like really I'm very passionate about is is Deportivo Cali yeah for sure no that's awesome I mean looking at your playing career um, where did it start for you when you when you started playing did did you start you know just playing juniors in Colombia and then sort of make your way up <laughs> well look it? I mean um, it's funny because. I went to trial for these, let's say, professional academies um, back in Colombia when I was, I don't know, early stages of eight or nine. I tried for at least four of them and I didn't get into, you know. So what I did, I went to a local um, um, club, you know, where, you know, it was it was a good club, you know, it was, um, you know, we had, a, we had a good coach, you know, and, and, and I think I, um, you know, I developed... I, I improved as a player. It gave me the opportunity to to play games, to play tournaments. You know, uh, build some confidence. And when I was 13, um, I went to trial again, and I got into uh, one of the best uh, professional academies in Colombia uh, that produces a lot of um, professional players and uh, even players play for the national team, uh, Boca Juniors. You know. So I um, I played there since I was 13 up to 18. Um, I developed with a lot of uh, former, you know, national team uh, players who, you know, when they retired, went to coach, you know, um, learn a lot there, you know, develop as a footballer, 
like um, technically, tactically, mentally, um, very, very, very important in how um, you know a young footballer needs to take uh, his football career. How serious, you know, um, the importance of of um, sleeping well, mm. eating well. We we couldn't play at school, you know, that was forbidden. We couldn't play, um, you know, outside of of the club. We couldn't take any unnecessary risk, you know, riding bikes and things that could us that put us they could put us on risk. We're trying to avoid it and and the discipline, the discipline, you know, um, the opportunity to work with um, all the good players. Um, I think that's something that um, helped me to be the person who, who I am right now. You know, um, waking up and taking a bus for one hour, you know, to get to training every day. We used to train five days a week. Um, one hour to the training venue in public transport. Uh, one hour coming back um, without, obviously, my mom. My mom was, um, 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 I grew up only with my mom. And my sister, so there was there was she had, she had to work, and have to do this in my own, you know, and that um, gives you the opportunity to mature probably quicker, to value things more, and um, you know, and pass those values, I believe, to the young footballers that we have here in Australia. I mean, we don't have sort of similar situations with academies here, you know. It's only really you see even with the NPL academies, it's very different compared to what it is over in Colombia. I guess what you've seen here compared to what you see when you've grown up, I guess, what, what do you notice in terms of the youth development here in this country compared to what you saw when you were coming through the academies back home? Look, I think one, one of the, the first things that I guess I've learned coming to Australia was that Australia is different than Colombia and, and we need to acknowledge that. We cannot bring what we do in Colombia to in Australia because the culture is different because... Things work differently here in Australia. What is really important is to is to really understand what Australians do well, keep it there, strengthen that, and trying to um, work on their weaknesses. Yeah. Okay, and and that's where I believe the football development needs to go. You know, Australian has always been um, the produce pro, has produced players in the past that they um, have. Um, you know, great physicality. They 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 work. They they play until the last minute. They never give up. You know, they they're probably more physical than than technical. So, what I would believe is the players need to get a lot of um uh, in, in, increase that technical ability through repetition, but also through exercises that develop the the game intelligence. One of the the key factors that. Uh, countries in South America and even in Europe is that players play a lot uh, outside of a structure of football. So playing on the streets uh, brings dynamics to uh, that you cannot replicate <clears throat> here in Australia. So, for example, we used to go to a park and there was one little pitch, you know, uh, five aside, okay? And all of a sudden now there are four or five teams show up and everyone is a public place, so everyone shows up and says, well, we want to use it. And then he's like, well, we've been playing. I said, well, okay. So now from now on, we play uh, two goals, and two goals, then you're up. And that is game on. That is no referees. Um, you know, this, you know, playing from the back or being deadly up front or being composed. And 
taking the heat, you know, players start talking, all like trying to give it to each other, trying to, you know, get you off. All of this are now you are training there. You're becoming better footballer straight away. And I used to, you know, that was that was the the common thing for us, you know. I grew up always um, under those challenges, you know. So here in Australia, you say, oh, boys, you know, that kind of thing. And they look at you and say, well, but I got the feel here. This is my team, you know. So look, I mean, um, those, 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 uh, that, that dynamic is something that we probably had to replicate here uh, in that sense. But definitely it is important for us to, to um, uh, explain the players uh, and bring some of these dynamics. I like always uh, with junior f- uh, trainings, you know, to bring different um, um, different feeling when we're training. You know, like it's not about only technique or tactics, but also a mental state that players can handle the pressure, can can put a little bit of pressure on the opposition, get into the heads. You know, there are players that great footballers, but when the pressure gets them, they just can't perform. And there are players that when the pressure is on, they play much better. And be able to handle that moment is something that, uh, is the is diff, is the key difference between a good player and an excellent footballer, you know. So we're trying to do that um, as a coach, and even with with the seniors, but more with the with the young footballers to to bring that those you know uh, dynamics uh, into the mix, you know, uh, to replicate somehow uh, that you know discomfort that you might feel, you know, the pressure, you know, uh, because if you if you're in a training and okay, we're gonna play from the back. But it's nothing to lose, mm. you know. You are trying, you know, nothing happens. But if you are in a in a park like we were, and it means you have to wait fifteen twenty minutes, <laughs> you know, like at some point it's like you know what? If if we lose, I'm going home. So then you lose your team. You don't want to lose, you know. Mm. You take things serious, you know. All of the sudden now, everything is so means so much. Every pass, every control, uh, the tackles. You don't want to let your friends down, you know. That you consider a goal, like you, you know. So it it, it is. Yeah, well, this is different, and uh, but we're definitely thinking. I think in Australia we can do a lot of things as well to uh, to help the players in in that sense, you know, and not necessarily only playing in the street, you know. We understand the dynamics and and how we live life right now is is very different. Mm, no, absolutely, and I mean, after you reached that stage, the academy at around eighteen years old, where did your career, I guess, go from there? Yeah, well, look, I mean, um, I guess. As a footballer, but probably had the the biggest issue that many players have at that age is that we want everything quick. You know, we 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 don't understand that in football and life things happen when they mean to happen. You know, not when you want to happen. Sometimes uh, players they're doing well and they expect having a contract at the age of seventeen or eighteen because you see all of your teammates doing that. You know. And what, you know, I didn't understand at that time, it was that, you know, every player is different. And even if you've been playing and training with them, that doesn't mean the opportunities that they're getting, uh, you need to get them at the same time. Football and life uh, don't work that way, you know. So I guess I got a bit anxious about it, you know, and decided to quit the game, you know. A decision that, you know, I guess at this point of time, I'll probably... I want to say regret because I believe I've done well with my life. But if I was at that particular time in my life, I probably would have stayed a little bit more, you know, and give, and I would have given myself a much better opportunity to stay. But then 
when I quit, I decided to to um, went to, to go to uni. So I started um, a degree in sports science, um, and also I did a double degree in um, business administration. So I was doing two degrees at the same time, um, and um, I was I did four years of a sports science degree and three of business administration until I had the opportunity to come to Australia to study English. You know, my sister start at home like yeah we want to i want to go overseas i want to go overseas and study english and 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 then and i thought you know uh, if you go i would love to go too and then my mom is like yeah are, are you guys sure i'm saying 100 opportunities in life you know might not present uh, again you know and if you can help us i will i will go straight away so but you know you have your you know your career here you, you have i used to have my jobs as well like i uh, say so, you know what um um, I really want to um, go to Australia. I want to learn English. I want to study English. I want to learn English. I want to know a different culture, um, you know. And, and and for me, it's not not a brainer. And um, six months later, after that conversation, I was here in Australia, studying in 2006, June 2006, studying studying my um, English course. I did that. I went to La Trobe University, and I did one year of English. After that, I uh, validated some subject, subjects that, I've, uh, that, I, that I did for the, um, in the business administration, and I finished a degree in international business at La Trobe University. Um, but always my dream was to stay in football, you know. Mm. So I used to say to every person that I met, you know, that I was a coach, that I was, in, you know, very keen to get into football. But they, they, they I guess... Um, my network at that point were a lot of students like me didn't know much of how the football uh, worked here in Australia until I met a, a guy who just he said to me uh, put me in contact with with um, um, with a guy who opened an academy at that time and um, and and I went and, I, and and just for an interview and in the interview that was at um, at Darabin when yeah. Darabin was sort of brand new you know and I remember that, you know, they come and say, okay, we're going to have a free clinic here. We're going to have like 200 kids, you know, all these coaches yeah. came from Italy. And then he say, you're going to be working with this coach, you know, and guess who that coach was? Gianfranco. Yeah. Yeah. Gianfranco was the first person. Gianfranco was the first person that I worked with here in Australia. <laughs> and um, that, was, that, was, that was a great experience, you know, and I couldn't speak any, any like, like, any 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 word of English, you know. In in, but I I knew that with demonstration, I could you know help myself and and, and explain the players. Um, and I from that moment until now, I haven't stopped working in, in football. So I work uh, for the Airstrom Academy uh, three years. Then I went to um, Brunswick Sabres, and at that time. The guys from Brunswick Sabres, um, the committee, they 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 proposed me to 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 a star. Look, I mean, I, I was end up with no job at that time, and they say, well, Alex, how about if you if you start doing some private lessons, you know, uh, with our kids, and you know, I say, well, look, guys, I, I'm, I have no jobs, I don't have any money, nothing at all. We just, I mean, I don't know how can I can I do that, you know? And they said, don't worry. All the kids have the balls. We bring some equipment. We just go to a free park and you just train our kids, you know, and we can get you three kids. So, um, you know, and I started doing some coaching with 
seven, eight, or ten years old, you know, and and that until now is like we have probably 160 players back in now in AC Football Academy, you know. So that's that's um, one part of 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 my journey as a coach, doing uh, the academy, but also I've worked for clubs like um, Brunswick Sabres, Moreland Sabres for years. Um, I went to Bulleen Lions, uh, Northcote City, uh, Sydney Park, um, Altona Magic, um, Melbourne Victory, Brunswick City, now Pascovel. Mm. And I've worked obviously also for the, for the state team. It's quite an amazing journey there, Alex. Yeah. I mean, uh, it's it really yes. ticked off every box. I yeah. mean, John Franco, obviously, now you coach against him. You know, mm-hmm. is that... Is that a weird dynamic when you, you come up against yeah. him on the because we know what John Franco's like big personality you know yeah, yeah, yeah. coming up against him what, what's that like? Look, I mean, I have so interesting. Much, Use the yeah, word interesting. I I have so much respect for John Franco. You know, like he he always. I remember that time he was coaching Werribee. Mm. You know, and at some point he asked me, he said, "Well, look, I mean, I'm a player as well. If you want me to, I was probably 21 years mm. old. So he asked me to come and travel for Werribee. You know, it was really far where I was living. You know, it was really." Up for four trains. Uh, it would have been four trains, oh, five trams. Mm. Oh, it would be right? absolutely yeah. a nightmare. <laughs> yeah. But he took the time. I remember he picked me up in the stage, at the station, you know, drove me to the training session. So, look, I have a lot of respect for him, yeah. you know. I wish him always well, you know. And um, and right now that we're rivals, he knows that, you know, um, uh, as soon as the game finish, you know, we are with friends. When they, when mm. it's time to get – we're in business, we, you know, we both – Mm. We uh, we trying to get and represent the club in the best of our ability, and and that's it. And the friendship starts uh, afterwards. So you said AC Milan Academy, AC were, Football yep, Academy, yeah, yeah. So tell yep. us a bit so about the, the his, AC Football. Co- oh, sorry, I thought for AC Milan because I know John Franco did some Cobo. stuff. There you go. Because I thought, because I, um, I know John Franco's yeah. done some stuff with the Milan, yeah. you know, yeah. academy and everything. Yeah. I just yeah. assumed, but AC Football Academy. Tell us a little bit about that. How that started. How it's going. Um, you know, give yeah, us a bit yeah, of background well, on that, yeah. Look, what I said to you guys is, um, uh, as an international student, um, you know, with no um, residency, um, resident status or money or anything, like, honestly, I just, I just concentrating to, to save for, 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 to pay my uni fees, you know. I had no intentions to, um, let's say, doing one-on-one sessions or things like that. To be honest, I was, I was very happy working for, um, for the academy that I was working with, but things, you know, change. And um, these guys, actually, they, they, they're probably the ones who, who really help me and support me and, and, and push me to, to do it. They said to me, Alex, you look, we believe you, you're very good at what you do, you know. I think you, you should consider the possibility of opening an academy yourself. And, um, and I was like, really? I mean, like, I mean, I have nothing. Like, seriously, I, I, like, honestly, no money, no, no, you know, I don't know how can I do this, you know, as an international student. At that time, I have to find a job to to pay for my fees uh, uni. So I used to work a lot as a, as a cleaner um, back at um, Latrobe University. So the, the uni that I used to go, I used to clean in the morning and then come back. Quite a journey. You know, and, yeah. Um, you know, and, no, um, absolutely. So then I um, started the academy with a um, with few kids, three, four, you know, and there's those four or five became six and seven and eight. And then um, as I um, got an assistant, co- an assistant coach, you know, a, a young kid, you know, 18 years old, like say, well, look, you want to come and help me out? And he's like, yeah, no worries. And, and, and that person, you know, um, Alejandro Osorio, he's, um, he's someone that, um, you know, um, 
him and all, all her friends. I just call all my friends into into the academy, even Ricardo as well. Yep. Ricardo, Ricardo, Alejandro, Gustavo, you know, all, all these friends of mine that, that helped come. No come Brad Smith's there, eh? No, <laughs> no. So we started, and um, right now we have around probably 140, 160 uh, players wow. average in, yeah. in, in, in per term in the academy. Yeah, it, it must be said, you know, um, listening to your story, Alex. I mean, I've heard snippets of it, but it must be said it's impressive, you know, to come Absolutely. here, you know, you, as a uni student, as an educated person, you know, growing up in the in the, the streets where you're playing to try and you know kick a ball in the fight, and then come to Australia and work full time in football mm. for something that we've all dreamed of doing. Yeah. You know, you've done well, and it must you know it must be said that's great. Really. Yeah, no, absolutely, it's great, and well done, mate. That was a really good effort. Yeah. yeah, no, well, Alex, I mean, it is a very inspirational story. I mean, there are a lot of people who obviously have that you know that journey and that, uh, that, that lust to, to get a full-time position in football and, you know, they get to a certain age, they might lose faith and they might think, well, how am I going to get to this, whether it's a player or a coach? What's your message? Because, I mean, you never gave up and now you've gotten to this position here. What's the message to young people coming through that might, you know, have that, you know, want to get into it but, you know, might be sort of on the fence, not sure, mm. because it's, it's taking such a big risk at, you know, that age where, you know, there's a message to go find a job full-time and, you know, even if you don't enjoy it, if you don't follow your passions, what's sort of the one thing that, you know, is that your message to them? Well, look, I mean, um, first of all, I think um, every, every person, um, should have someone that you can that you have trust okay that is um, probably a, a neutral person you know that you can talk to and that person can give you a, a, an opinion um, about you know um, like like you can you can re, um, have that conversation with that person you know when we go to our family our family seems to us, uh, you know, he's telling me this because he's my dad, because he's my mom, you know. So as an 18 years old, you, you, you don't believe what, you know, you don't trust because they you think, oh, but my mom doesn't understand football, mm. my, my, my friend doesn't. But if there would be someone uh, around, like a mentor, for example, like someone that you can talk to and say, listen, if someone said, Alex, to me, listen, don't worry, don't get too anxious, you're still very young, you know. Yes, you haven't reached that level yet. Maybe it's good for you that you try this. Come on, don't worry. Don't stress. Don't make that choice. You know, you are very um, emotional right now to make the decisions, you know. So it is important, big decisions to make it, not to make it when, when your emotions are all over the place. Mm. I think that's, that's, that's a key message, you know, for, for young footballers. When you are, uh, let's say, sad, frustrated, and you decide to quit, it's, it's your emotions that lead you to that, you know. But when you put everything, when you put those emotions in the right place and you have the right conversation with the right person, I believe that um, it can become something different, you know. And, and, and a lot of players face that question or that issue of, well, until when should I start pushing for my dream, you know. And that's where the honest conversation is important to, to, to say, listen, well, you're doing well, you know, but I think if you really want to become a professional footballer, you should be at this level right now. It's probably right now that you direct your energies and your efforts to something different, you know. So I think having having that person that you trust, is, it's important before any any player makes that decision, you know. Um, I would like to think that 
Um, a lot of players that have gone through the academy, um, I'm the person, I'm that person for them, you know. Um, and and normally a lot of these boys, even in NPL, you know, they always, you know, refer and call me and say, Alex, this is what I'm feeling. And I say, you know, calm down. This is not the right time to let, let's have that another kind of conversation. That that's really crucial uh, because. Because all of us, not only young young people, um, you know, when we have emotions, it's very easy to to misjudge what you have in front of you. Yeah, no, absolutely, you're right there, Alex. Yeah, just before we go on, I don't know. Yeah, we've, we've, we've got. Yeah, yeah. Just, uh, I just want to uh, publicly, um, you know, uh, we've, we've, we've mentioned it publicly, but we had a player who retired, um, hung up his boots, um, a couple, our captain, our, our Lazarus uh, type of figure at the club, Joseph Yusuf. I just mm-hmm. want to acknowledge his contribution to the club um, on, on this show because Joey Yusuf came to us when he was in sta- we were State League One um, and um, every time I felt the club was was at that point where we just needed someone to pick us up, the team needed someone to pick us up, a moment, you know, a man, a man's man, um, he would. He he was he was unbelievable for our club. And after I think it's ten, eleven seasons at the club, he's decided to to uh, pull. People will have a, a day for him. We're just waiting for the right moment, the right yeah. weather, and all that type of stuff. Um, so I just want to publicly thank Joseph Yusuf because the success of this club has has derived from someone like him, uh, many others. But he's been at the pinnacle of that. Um, he's he typifies everything that our club stands for. Uh, a great person, honest, hard working, you know, we come from a blue collar area um, so when I see our club, I see Joseph Yusuf and I just want to publicly acknowledge that, you know and um, thank him from the bottom of my heart um, for what he has done for our club Yeah, um, he he wanted to give up the game after we would got relegated in 19 um, you know, a lot of his friends had moved on and he wanted to give up the game, but no, he decided to stay um, for another year to try and get the club back up and the season to go ahead. Then he tried to stay again. He did his hammy in the preseason. Didn't know if he wanted to continue, but no, he wanted to work to try and get the club back up to MPL one. And this year again, you know, he was he wanted to retire at the start of the year, but he had realised that you know we again we were, we were going for another rebuild, uh, yeah. the third time in three years, and decided to put his own personal. Um, feelings aside for the club um, to come and and help steer the club in the right direction, help Alex and the club along to to be able to stabilise the, the squad. And then, you know, unfortunately he did his hand in round one, which it was looking great, to be honest with you. He was turning back the clock. And um, he's come up to us and he said, you know what, I feel like I can leave the club now because I left it in a good spot. And um, I just want to publicly thank him for, for the bottom of my heart, what he's done for me. I, I, I've never saw the, the team without a UE in there. Yeah, but it, life goes on, so you know I can't wait till one day where all our members and our fans can celebrate his journey that he's done for our club. So UE, thank you very much. Awesome, that is fantastic. Yeah. Almost a great way for us yeah. to to leave it for tonight. But yeah. before then, Friday night, Bulleen Lions against your former team. Um, this is a big game. You know, Bolina are in some ripping form at the moment. They won again last night against Werribee. It's a short turnaround for them. You guys have had the opportunity to kind of sit back for those two extra days. What sort of contest are you expecting from them? Because they've been in some red-hot form as of late. 
Oh, look, I mean, Nick, uh, I guess um, I, I really believe that every game in, the, in this competition is, is tough. The, um, the, any team in the competition can challenge anybody. Um, Berlin is not the exception to, to this. You know, they, we, we know that they have uh, quality footballers, that they, uh, they're doing well. You know, they have um, a great coaching staff as well. So, look, I mean, we, we respect that. We, we acknowledge that. And um, we expect a very entertaining contest, you know, as as Pascovel, you know, was as we said at the beginning of this um, episode, was that we want to prepare ourselves to challenge anybody in the league, you know, and uh, with with respect to the opposition, we we, we want to go out there and, and and get the three points. It's going to be a big game, massive game. CB Smith Reserve, eight thirty kickoff. Yep, yep. 8:15. So eight fifteen. So get down, you know. I don't think the rain's going to be as bad as what it was no, a couple of weeks ago. Not, Let's I hope not. We need to play. Yeah, we need to get the game off. So That's it's going it. to be a massive game, promotion battle. Lou, Alex, thank you so much Thanks, for coming Nick. on for tonight. Um, brought to you by tonight by Senol. Obviously, we're back again next week. Um, you know, miss any of it, make sure you head over to all the podcast platforms. Want to just catch up with the full show. It will all be up there later on tonight. But again, thank you very much. Thanks, and uh, we're back again next Tuesday. No worries. Thank you. Thank you. You're listening to Paco Radio, brought to you by Senol on FNR, Football Nation Radio.